0: The title of this message this morning is Called, Chosen, and Faithful, Triune Keys to Fulfilling God's Plan. Let's pray. Father, I pray for the next few moments that you would anoint my tongue, that it would be as it were the pen of a ready writer to speak a word in season that would bring revelation, bring rejuvenation, restoration, and refreshing to your people We'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, yeah. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. All right. Scripture reveals through the spirit of understanding keys to the works of God, which are often accomplished either by three entities, three elements, or in three stages or levels. You see, we must complete all three stages and reach all three levels of God's plan to fully accomplish His purpose. How many of you want to fulfill all the will of God? You don't want to fall short when you get to heaven. You don't want to hear, <laughs> you don't want to hear you didn't do well, right? You want to, you want to hear well done, yes. though good and faithful servant. You, you, you want to hear a, a good word. Well, this is a message that will get you on track to fulfill the high call of God. Amen? All right, so we're going to go uh, over these different threes in the Bible. You're going to see there's a whole pattern to fulfilling your destiny. Number one, let's talk about three types of baptism. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water, say with me water, unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Say with me, Holy Spirit and fire. So in this passage of Scripture, we see there are identified three different baptisms. There's water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism, and fire baptism. Amen. Now in scripture, we also see that there are three divine administrators of baptism. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter three and verse 16, it speaks about Jesus' baptism. It says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Say with me, alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. All right, so in this passage of scripture is speaking of Jesus' water baptism, which was administrated by the Father God. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, again, John the Baptist, it's the same scripture. It says that he is coming after me, speaking of Jesus, as mightier than and I, whose soul, sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. All right. So, we know that Jesus is the administrator of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We know that. And so, But after Jesus ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit to be the administrator of the baptism of fire. So the Father is the administrator of water baptism. Jesus is the administrator of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the administrator of the baptism of fire. If you look in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. Led by who? the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. How many know that the Lord is the Lord of your tests? Amen? And the Holy Spirit actually led him into his baptism of fire. All right, let's talk very briefly about the three works of baptism. In Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 4 says, John came baptizing in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance. Say with me, repentance for the remission of sins. So, we see that, number one, that water baptism performs a work of repentance in us. In Acts chapter 19, verse 4, Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. So we see here that the work of water baptism is a result of repentance. Amen? Number two, the Holy Spirit baptism is a baptism of refreshing. In Isaiah 28, verse 11, it says, For with stammering lips and another tongue I will speak to this people of whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Say it with me, refreshing. So how many of you realize... That when you get full of the Holy Ghost, you don't only get edified, you get refreshed. We can have times of refreshing every day just by praying in the Holy Ghost. And how many know that that is where the rest of God comes in is when you pray in the Spirit. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit brings a refreshing into your life. Number three, fire baptism is a baptism of refinement. Say with me, refinement. In Zechariah, chapter 13, verse 9, it says, I will bring one-third through the fire, will refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people, and each one will say, the Lord is my God.'" So how many of you know that as we go through these different levels of baptism that God is bringing us to new and higher levels in Him? Amen? He brings us through the waters of repentance. He brings us through the baptism of refreshing in the Holy Spirit. But he also needs to bring us through this fire baptism that refines us. Isaiah 48.10 says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Now, how many of you feel like you've been going through a baptism of fire? Malachi says that he is like a refiner's fire and he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. How many of you feel like you've been going through a baptism of fire? How many of you feel like you've been in a wilderness? How many of you feel like you've been in the crucible of affliction? Do not fear, because God is the Lord of the test. Amen? You see, the devil tempts us in the wilderness to destroy us, whereas God tests us in the wilderness that he may promote us. God is all about your promotion, but until you go through the fire of affliction and pass those tests and come forth as gold, God can't use you the way he wants to. How many of you are signed up for the fire? Amen. 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 And how many of you realize that there are three witnesses in heaven of your baptism? Amen. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. First John 5 verse 7. And there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, which is Christ Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. You see, those who administrate our baptisms also witnesses are baptisms from heaven. Amen? You see, the Father administrates and witnesses our water baptism. The Word, or Jesus, administrates and witnesses your Holy Spirit baptism. The Holy Spirit administrates and witnesses your fire baptism. Amen? There are three witnesses in heaven of these baptisms, and also three witnesses on the earth. 1 John 5, verse 8 says, And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. You see, the water bears witness of our water baptism, the Spirit bears witness of our Holy Spirit baptism, and the blood bears witness of our fire baptism. Amen? So listen. Listen. Jesus' baptism of fire in the wilderness qualified him to commence his ministry. Jesus' baptism of fire in the Garden of Gethsemane qualified him to complete his ministry on the cross. Does that make sense? Luke chapter 22, verse 44. Remember, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. What does it say? It says that the blood bears witness of your fire baptism. How many know that he was going through the fire of baptism in the Garden of Gethsemane? He had to tough it out. Amen? He had to pray. And it says here, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. All right. Now, there are also three earthly gifts. These three gifts that the wise men brought to the child Jesus foreshadowed the three baptisms that Jesus would experience. We know that they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Amen? So, myrrh is an embalming substance that represents being buried with Christ through water baptism. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death. So, myrrh represents water baptism. Number two, frankincense represents the intercession that is birthed through Holy Spirit baptism. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession, say with me, intercession, for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. How many know that Holy Spirit praying is the best way to pray? Because you're not praying selfish prayers, because the Holy Spirit's giving you words to say. Isn't there no better way to pray than to pray the actual words of God, the Holy Spirit praying through you? That's why the devil don't want you to speak it in tongues. So many times, I don't know how to pray. I just pray in tongues until we get the breakthrough, amen, until God moves. We just pray in the Spirit, amen. Now, gold is a product of the refining process that characterized fire baptism. We went through those scriptures before, amen. But First Peter chapter 1 says, If need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, so with me, fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You have probably found yourself in a trial and said, Lord, what are you doing? He says, I am refining you. I'm turning up the heat. You know what I say? Seven times hotter. Seven times hotter. How many know Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo got seven times hotter? But guess what? When the fire gets seven times hotter, there's a fourth man that shows up. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, He is going to redeem you. Amen. So you feel like you're going, I can't take it anymore. But I tell you what, there is a God in heaven that knows what you're going through. He's not going to leave you in that fire. In fact, you're going to come out and you're not even going to smell like smoke. Amen. You're not going to smell like smoke. Your clothes will not be burned. You will be a sign that will make people wonder. Amen. There truly is a God in heaven. Amen. All right. So there are three earthly gifts: myrrh, frankincense, and gold. There are also three heavenly gifts. Number one is righteousness. You see, the heavenly gift given to those who receive Christ as Savior and Lord experience water baptism. Romans chapter five, verse seventeen. For if By this one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, say with me, righteousness, will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So when we get born again, we water baptized, there is a gift of righteousness. I want you to say with me, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. Some people choke when they say, I'm the righteousness of God, but you got to believe it. Amen. So righteousness is the first thing. Number two, the heavenly gift given to those who receive the Holy Spirit. They experience Holy Spirit baptism and they get what? Power. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive what, church? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. Amen? It's a very simple scripture. You could just preach for hours on this passage of scripture. Amen? At the end of the day, Devil bad, God good. Who does the oppressing? The devil. Who does the healing? God. You can resolve that in your heart. And people get sick, Goes, oh, where God put it on me. Nope. Let me ask you a question. Is there any sickness and disease in heaven? Well, then how could he give it to you? You don't have it to give. Amen. My Bible says, John 10, 10, The thief cometh not for but to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. i got news for you. Abundant life is not laying sick in bed. Amen? He's given us the overcoming strength and power. And don't think that that, that God, oh, he's got a plan. No, yeah, he's got a plan. He's got a plan for your healing. He's got a plan for your deliverance. He wants you to be a testimony in the earth. Amen? God good, devil bad. Christianity 101. I'm sure they're teaching it in the Sunday school. Devil bad. God. There's so many Christians, they don't get it. Amen? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who spared not his own son, but delivered us up for us all, how will he not also give you all things? All things. All things. Amen? He's a good God. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. From the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He doesn't change. He's a good God. He said, I am the Lord. I do not change. I change not. He's good all the time. He's gracious. He's full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all of his works. Psalm 145, eight and nine. Amen. He's a good God. All right. So the three gifts out of water, baptism, righteousness, out of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, power. The third gift comes out of the baptism of fire. It's called the authority of God. Amen. How many know there's a difference between power and authority? Luke chapter nine, verse one said, "Then Jesus called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority." See, they're not the same thing. Why would He use? They're different. Power. And authority. You see, fire baptism tests and proves one character to ensure one's integrity and legitimacy. You see, power is the might to rule, authority is the right to rule. Fire baptism produces a proven witness of God and, leg- and a legitimate testimony for God. Spiritual authority is validated or legitimized through authentic demonstrations of God's power as well as through the testimony of the character of the one who sent you. Amen. Does that make sense? Luke chapter 4 verse 13. Speaking of Jesus, how I many you know he went to the wilderness affliction? He came out victorious against the devil. It says, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from Jesus until an opportune time. Listen now. Then Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee and news. In other words, a witness and a testimony of him went throughout all of the surrounding region. Amen. So, even as Jesus, as he not only received power through baptism, it was activated through the authority he received by walking through the fire. Does that make sense? A lot of people get filled with the Holy Ghost. A lot of people get water baptized, you get filled with the Holy Ghost. So, there's latent power there. But so many times, we don't see it demonstrated. Why? The reason why is because you got to go through the baptism of fire that legitimizes your testimony that actually gives you the authority to release the power. Does that make sense? Even as Jesus had to go through a test, because he got water baptized, his spirit came and rested on him. Instead of lights, that's rest rest upon him. The, the spirit of the Lord shall what? Rest upon him. The spirit of Wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So it should be our prayer every day. Amen? That's what I pray every day. Let the spirit of the Lord rest upon me. Let the spirit of wisdom and understanding rest upon me. Counsel and might rest upon me. Knowledge and of the fear of the Lord rest upon me. Why? Because if it rests upon you, that means you have a continual flow of the Holy Ghost. Not just a word of knowledge. You've got the spirit of knowledge resting on you. Amen? That's what we want. But to release the latent power that is within you, you have to have the authority to do it. It's only the baptism of fire that will give you the authority so you can exercise the power. That latent power coming out. Notice with the life of Jesus, he got he got water baptized, filled the Holy Ghost, but he had to go through the fire. He had to go through the wilderness. And once he came out, that's when the power was activated. Does that make sense? Trying to get this through you. Same way with us. Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. Say with me, witnesses. To me and Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So many people get filled with the Holy Spirit, but they are a silent witness. There's no demonstrations of power. Why? Because you've got to go through the baptism of fire to release the authority so the power can get out. Amen? There's latent power within, but it's the fire baptism that qualifies you to become a witness and the power be released. That's what the church needs this day. Amen? Not just power, but authority. In God's. Remember, power is the might to rule. Authority is the right to rule. I don't know about you, but I want the right. And the only way, the right of passage, is through the wilderness. Does that make sense? All right. So the types of baptism that we are willing to experience will determine the level to which we fulfill our destiny. This is real key now. We're making a little transition in this message. All right? The types of baptism, water, Holy Spirit, fire, will determine the level to which we fulfill our destiny. I got anybody's interest? Okay. Romans chapter 2, verse 2. Paul said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove... What is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? Three levels. Amen? The acceptable will of God associated with water baptism. I got saved. I got water baptized. I'm going to heaven. You got your ticket. Got your ticket to heaven. Not a whole lot else going on, but praise God, you made heaven. I don't know about you, but I want to stay there. I want to stay at the acceptable. Amen? I'm going to get filled with the Holy Ghost, and then I move into the good will of God. I begin to do things for God. Amen? Begin to pray in the spirit and begin, things begin to happen. But I don't know about you, but I want to stay in the good will of God. Hey, want to fulfill the perfect will of God. How many takers in here for the perfect will of God? That means you got to be willing to go through the fire baptism. Amen? To fulfill the perfect will of God in your life. All right? There's also three levels of relationship. See, the level of our destiny we fulfill is also determined by Our level of relationship with the Father, there's three levels. One is the Son. Say with me, the Son. Number two is the servant. Number three is the soldier. The Son, the servant, and the soldier. Number one, the Son. John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children. Say with me, children of God to those who believe in his name. Romans 8, 16 and 19. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Say with me, children of God. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the, what? Sons of God. So if you're a child, God wants to be a son, amen? So that's the first level of relationship with God is your son. And a lot of people don't even get to that level. They're orphans, not sons. That's another message. Amen. All right, so we got sons, but then God wants you to become a servant. Jeremiah 25, verse 4. And the Lord has sent to you all his servants, say with me, servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them, but you have not listened nor inclined your ear to them. Matthew 25, 21. The Lord said to him, well done, thou good and faithful, what church? Servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. All right. So there's a son. Then there's a servant. And there's the third level, the soldier. John chapter 15, verse 15. Jesus said to his disciples, No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. Say with me, friends, for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. All right. Now, what is one of the significant factors of a friend? John chapter 15, verse 12. Is Jesus speaking here. Listen. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Listen. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay one's life down for his friends. Okay. So to be a soldier, you gotta be willing to lay your life down. Amen. Servants may run in the day of battle. Soldiers will not. A soldier in the army of the Lord is the highest form of relationship as the soldier has the potential of dying for the cause of Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, on your screen. You, therefore, must endure hardship. Say it with me, hardship. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, verse 4. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself, say with me, entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has enlisted him as a soldier. Say with me, soldier. Do you see the difference? Soldier is willing to go through the hardship of the furnace of affliction in the wilderness, the baptism of fire. They're willing to endure because they want to be a soldier of God's. Amen. Now as I was preparing this message, the Lord gave me an example of a place where David kind of missed it. 2nd Samuel chapter 11 verse 1. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle. Say with me battle. That David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbath. Listen, but David remained at Jerusalem. So when the king was supposed to go to war, he found, he was found at home. And how many of you know what happened when he stayed home? His eyes began to wander he saw Bathsheba, and you know what happened. Do you not? Same as what's going on in the church today. We've got sons, and we've got servants. We have very few soldiers because of the entanglement of pornography. I know it's a tough issue, but in the last three months, the number of men that have come to me, Telling me they're bound by pornography is incredible. I just, I just, it's just incredible. But what it's happening is it is entangling them so they can't, as kings, go to war. The war's going on in the inside, and God says, Have you not conquered that which I've, you know, paid for for you to conquer? The war's out there. And yet we spend most of our time in the church with people warring with the lust of the flesh. Amen? I can't remember exactly. I think it's in First Peter. It says, have we not spent enough time fighting the lust of the flesh instead of fulfilling the will of God? It's like that. Something like that. And that's my challenge to the church. We, we've got sons. They enjoy the gifts of God. They enjoy the, you know, being saved. They're, they're servants of God. They'll serve God. But they never can become soldiers because they're entangled. So many. I think that's 68% of Christian men in the church are bound by pornography. That's an incredible statistic. That was a few years ago. I don't know what it is now. But, oh, my gosh, we need to get free, guys. Amen? All right. So the level of relationship with the father is determined by our level of commitment to him as well. Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. These will make war with the lamb. I don't know about you, but I want to go to war with the lamb. Because I know if I go with the lamb, we win. I don't want to spend all my time warring against the flesh. You get to heaven, it's like, well, you know, you could have had this, but you spent all your time, you know, fighting this. I remember, there's one guy. <laughs> it's like, well, your computer's a problem; just throw it away. All right? Phone's a problem; get rid of it. How many of you know we got to become ruthless with sin? Yeah. Yeah. You got to come ruthless with sin. Bible says, "Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh." So, what do we need to do? We need to press into Him, pray in the Spirit, spend time with Him. Stop looking at that stuff. Amen? It's garbage. Garbage in, garbage out, right? Revelation. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them. For he is the Lord of hosts and King of kings. Listen. And those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. So so first you're called. How many of us are called? We're all called. He's not slack according to his promises. He's not willing that any should perish, but that how many? All should come to repentance and come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Everybody, he, he desires everyone's called to be saved. Are all people saved? No. We're all called. Matthew twenty two fourteen. For many are called, but few are chosen. Who does the choosing? Just point to yourself. You're called, but are you going to choose to follow Him? Amen? Many are called, few are chosen. Who does the choosing? We do. It gives you a free will, doesn't He? Amen? God does the calling, we do the choosing. Many choose not to obey the Lord. Sons are called, servants are chosen, soldiers are faithful. Let me say that one more time. It's really quiet in here. Sons are called. Servants are chosen. Soldiers are faithful. Proverbs 20, verse 6. Most men will proclaim each their own goodness. But who can find a faithful man? Hard to find. Hard to find. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful in much. He who is unjust in least is unjust in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? Say with me, true riches. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? All right. So he's very clear that we've got to be faithful in three things. we got to prove faithful in little. If you're pr- prove faithful in little... You can be ruler over much. Being faithful with unrighteous men, what's that? Being faithful with money, saving money, paying your tithes. Woo! Okay? Don't say that, preacher. And faithful with another's possessions. You be faithful in what belongs to somebody else. You'll get your own one day. So everybody wants your own right away. Hey, people come into this church. Having visions and dreams, I see myself preaching in your pulpit. Oh, really? Well, can you help me with cleaning the bathrooms this week? Ah, oh, no, no. I can't do that. Okay. You'll be, you'll be sitting a while. Be faithful in that which is another man. remember one of the first jobs I had, I was at Abundant Life Church in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, I guess' about 21, 22 years old. And um, they had this really high sign. It was an electric sign, very high, very high. And they had these little squares with letters on them to put up. Well, it was way up there, And I had this long stick, and that was my job to change the sign every I think it was every month to change the sign, put those letters up there. And it was on both sides. So it took me a while to do it, but I did that for years. Anytime they had a work day, I was there, labored, I, I, I served. I did whatever, whatever they asked me to do, I did. And then one day, the pastor comes to me and says, you know, I'm going to be out of town. I wonder if you could preach for me Wednesday night. Really? And I had not to scramble getting a message together. I already had my messages ready. You know, because I was prepared. Amen. I how many of you are preparing for revival? There's things this church is doing to prepare for it because we're anticipating it. So we're so when it comes, it's not like we're scrambling, like trying to put the put the put the roof on when it starts raining, when the storm comes. No. To prepare, prepare now. There are things we're doing behind the scenes to get ready for awakening. Amen. That's acting in faith. I don't see it, but I know it's coming. So I'm gonna get ready. Amen. All right. See, we got to be proved faithful with little, faithful with money, faithful in what belongs to another before God can entrust us with ministry and the true riches of his kingdom. Listen to this. 1 Timothy 1.12. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, say with me, faithful, putting me in the ministry. What qualified him for the ministry? He was faithful. That was it. You see, God cannot entrust us with the true riches of the kingdom, the powers of the age to come, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the seven spirits of God, if we have been unfaithful. This is a reason why, have you ever thought of it? Why you're not moving into gifts? Why are you not moving? Oh, I'm not 5 ministry. doesn't say anything about that. I'm just a coach. That's all I am. I'm supposed to be coaching you. Everybody should be moving into gifts, but maybe it's because we haven't been faithful in little. Faithful with money. Faithful with that which belongs to another person. And if we are, then God will trust us with true riches. I believe that is the powers of the age to come, the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God. Amen? The fullness. So begin to, to look at your life. And before you ask for a ministry, you need to go take care of the dishes, the dirty dishes in the kitchen sink. Be faithful and little. Amen? Be willing to clean the toilets. Amen? All right. All right, there's also three levels of divine knowledge. Listen now. The level of our relationship with the Father is also determined by the level of our knowledge of Christ. And Paul summarizes it in this one verse. Philippians 3.10, that I may know him. Say with me, know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. All right. So sons want to know Christ's resurrection power. Servants know Christ's sufferings. Soldiers know Christ's death. Now, everybody wants the power of the Spirit, but nobody's wanting to die. Amen. Paul said, 1 Corinthians fifteen, thirty one, I affirm. By the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die daily. So if you want to live, you got to die. Amen. There's also three levels of judicial testimony. Our ability to overcome the accuser of the brethren is also determined by the level of our testimony in heaven. Revelation chapter 12. Verse 10, the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. Listen, verse 11, and they overcame him, the accuser of the brethren, how? By the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. All right, so our repentance as sons applies Jesus' blood, amen, that exonerates us from the accuser's finger that you're guilty, amen? So when we repent of our sin, the blood of Jesus is applied, then the devil has no legal right against you in the courts, amen? In the courts of heaven. First John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So our repentance as sons applies Jesus' blood. Number two, our obedience as servants trumps Satan's accusations. Listen to this. Hebrews 3, verse 5. Listen. And Moses indeed was faithful in all of his house as a servant. Say with me, servant. For a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterwards. How many know that a witness brings testimony in the courts? How many know there's all kinds of different testimony. The blood testifies. There's all these different testimonies. But how many know that your obedience testifies in heaven as a servant of God. When you obey God, your obedience is a testimony in the courts of heaven. Number three, our sacrifice as soldiers in losing our life for Christ's sake ultimately saves our lives. Mark 8, 35, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Amen. So there's three different levels of testimony. The highest testimony in heaven is willingness to die. There's no greater testimony in the courts. Why do you think Abraham got so much done in the courts? He was willing to give up his son Isaac. Did you know that was a legal transaction? When Abraham was willing to give his only son... Gave Jesus or gave the father the legal right to send his only son to die. Did you, under, you, you get that? That's why Abraham is the father of, of the faith and the father of us all. Because it was his act of willing to sacrifice his son that bore testimony in heaven that allowed the father to send Jesus. That's why Abraham's sacrifice or willing to sacrifice Isaac spoke in heaven. The great testimony. Does that make sense? All right. I'm coming in for a landing. Don't worry. All right. There's also three levels of fruit bearing. Our ability to bear fruit is also determined by our level of relationship with him. John chapter 15, verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it would bring forth more fruit. Say with me, more fruit. He goes on to say, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without you, without me you can do nothing. All right, so sons bear some fruit. Servants bear more fruit. Soldiers bear much fruit. But it's all because of the pruning, the pruning, the pruning. That means a fire of affliction. When you're in the wilderness, you feel like you're being pruned, right? God's preparing you to be a soldier. There's also three levels of harvest, The level of our harvest is also determined by our level of relationship with the Father. Mark 4, verse 20. And these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Sons bear a 30-fold return. Servants bear a 60-fold return. Soldiers bear a 100-fold return. There's also three levels of reward. The level of our reward is also determined by the love of our relationship with the Father. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For he whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn, firstborn among many brethren. Listen, verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Say with me, called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Say with me, justified and whom he justified these he also glorified say with me glorify sons are called of god servants are chosen and justified by god soldiers are faithful and glorified by god romans 8:18 8, for i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us, amen? Hallelujah. Let's go to the last slide. It's kind of a summary slide. It's an eye chart. <laughs> I'll be sending this out in the email. So don't worry. You don't have to take write that all down. <laughs> but how, how many of you this morning are not satisfied with the acceptable? You're not... Ex- you're not satisfied with the good will of God. You want the perfect will of God. You don't just want to be a son. You don't want to just be a servant. You want to be a soldier of God. Amen. Who's all in this morning? Go ahead and stand up. We get the worship team to come on up. We're going to have an altar call. We're getting in. This is kind of a good thing. Have these altar calls. Amen. Because there's a challenge going out. I want. If you if you want more. Who's satisfied with little? I don't know about you, but I'm not. We're going to open up these altars, and once you come, because we're going to pray. Begin to pray in the spirit as you come on up. Come on, Father. We're not satisfied with fire baptism or uh, water baptism, spirit baptism. Father, we want fire baptism.